Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was hoping you'd keep going, but you stopped there. Uh, I'll cut that welcome part. in to the Making a Mark Wrestling Show on the Tell Me More podcast. Uh, just before we got on, Ethan was telling much how much he hates a kid named Brody. So, Brody, uh, get your shit together. Uh, we got Ethan Raby. We got Wade Christensen again, which I was right. I actually had a uh, video to play that was mourning Wade's leaving the podcast, but he made it back in. That's so <laughs> exciting. Uh, we might still play the video just for fun at the end. We'll see if I can figure out the share function uh, on this app. Uh, and then we got, once again, uh, Nate, Miss Amanda Love Stitt. Uh, how is it going, fellas? We're here, man. It's going to be That's a long good. week of wrestling. Bottom now we're here, right? <laughs> yep. Pumped to watch 14 hours of wrestling this weekend. Something like that, yeah. That's true. I would so, uh, try to cut off Ethan's uh, Drake reference and have to figure out a Bad Bunny reference, but honestly, I don't know enough. I don't have it down. Uh, I haven't figured it out yet. Uh, so nothing there for me, and uh, I know even less about Logan Paul, so uh, <laughs> no, no fun little tidbits there but we will be talking about this long week of wrestling we're going to talk about uh preview for WWE wrestlemania uh we're going to talk before that though nxt uh stand and deliver so i've got another one there but before we get into that because it's taken us so long i'd wanted to set this up we had plans and then uh not only uh did everybody else's schedule not line up uh i just got in the, the end of basketball season and wrestling and at zero zero chance to even just uh, fit a podcast around that. So I just gave up. As soon as it didn't work the first time, I was like, we'll get to it. We'll we'll, we'll get to it. So we are going to do that today. We're going to talk about AEW Revolution. I think uh, we'll start with that. We'll knock that out, and then we'll move to some previews uh, because I want to hit Revolution, and then some of the stuff we'll talk about going into WrestleMania will be some of the recent developments that I think we kind of have to hit everything in order. I think if you get too... Uh, out of sorts, particularly when there is going to be a little bit of a WWE AEW uh, crossover, not only us talking about the end of the Wednesday Night Wars, uh, but also that special episode of Broken Skull Sessions that will be on set after the second night of WrestleMania. So uh, we got a few things that we're going to have to make sure we're up to date on AEW before we get to any previews of the WWE product. And just starting with that, I have absolutely no game plan. Uh, I'm like the guy who put together the bomb for the end of the John Moxley Kenny Omega match, not prepared at all. This is a dud, but uh, I will kick it to one of you guys to be the Eddie Kingston of the situation and to play it off uh, on the next episode. So uh, we're going to start with Ethan. Where do you want to start on a review of AEW Revolution? Uh, the exploding ring match made me want to stop watching AEW. <laughs> uh, more so the explosion. Nah. The match itself, I actually really enjoyed. But, uh, you know, the, I, I thought the uh, foot on the rope to break up the pinfall for the one-winged angel to continue to make it the most protected finisher in wrestling was very creative. Um, I, I enjoyed the match. And then the, the, the final moment, I just I kind of knew it was going to be a dud. But then I hoped they would surprise me. And it was sparklers. Um, sparklers. I wanted an M80 and it was sparklers. So <laughs> it kind of honestly overshadowed anything else that I, sorry, I got a dog and a cat harassing me um, <laughs> that I, uh, that I did enjoy. I mean, the, um, 
Well, no, all right. I guess the uh, the the Young Bucks match was pretty great. That was very entertaining, and I recommend go back and watch that, especially if you like tag team wrestling. Um, but yeah, coming out of Revolution, that was really kind of I think in the moment that night I enjoyed a lot of it, and then thinking about that show two weeks later, like oh, the, you mean the show that had a fucking dud of an explosion at the end? So I don't know. It's I didn't even want the explosion. They just promised it. I, I, yeah. I, I thought it was a crazy so. Situation. So yeah, I think definitely that took away from a lot of whatever buildup there was uh, for the rest of the show. But you know, I, I, those things happen in the moment. Like they they can go wrong. So I, I I guess the the thing is, is it just that it didn't work, or is it entirely Eddie Kingston selling it to high heaven? and nobody having the wherewithal to abort mission when they realize that that like doesn't even live up to a redneck 4th of July let alone a you know barbed wire explosion match that it was billed to to begin with and the, the detonation that was you know the entire point of the uh, the way they uh, worked that match i mean yeah the selling you can't, i don't think you fault kingston in the moment um, I think if anything, it would have had to have been like another party that comes out and saves it and acts like it was, uh, going to be some kind of grandiose finish. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you, how you handle that. That's weird damage control at that point. Anybody I, else? Yeah. I, I, I don't know what you're, else you're supposed to do in that situation. Um, if, if you don't sell it, then you just look like an asshole that didn't sell it. So. Like it's it's one of those like you know uh, can't win for losing type of deals like like what what the fuck was he supposed to do? Yeah, I mean I've heard from people and this is you know uh, if there's ever praise for Vince McMahon it's usually a situation like this and that's that he's been through all of these crazy things and there are a lot of things we always talk about like the errors on WWE programming and when they mess up but there's a lot of stuff that we don't notice that in the moment. Vince is quick to see, to relay to a ref, to get that information and to get to direct the cameras to look somewhere else so they can, you know, make that move and make sure they've they they've signaled that. So the argument is if they were a little more experienced, like WWE is, then they could have found a way to tell Eddie Kingston, don't let that play out for five minutes as it makes it that much worse. And then also, uh, Eddie Kings is partially to blame. Uh, the announcers, which wouldn't be saved in WWE because I don't know what the disconnect is, but nobody's good at getting the announcers to figure out what's happening and react appropriately. So they kept talking about it as if it was uh, a big explosion, which is much worse than Kingston because Eddie Kingston next night plays it off perfectly, talks about it like he really believed it blew up. So, you know, it was, it was almost like post-traumatic stress disorder that you don't need an actual explosion you don't need to be hurt to have thought you got hurt in that sort of you know high pressure situation and so he gets to play it off yeah if you want to call me a little bitch uh meet me in the ring and i'll show you what's up smart move from eddie kingston it's those announcers that time and again that crew that is supposed to be experienced you went and got jr and he's had his moments uh you get excalibur he gets a lot of praise you get tony shivani he's become this uh you know, darling in post after being written off from wrestling for so long, but they're not a very good announced team. And in that moment, that was the worst one. Cause that is them 
just casually talking about this big explosion as if it indeed happened. And that's way worse than what Eddie Kingston did trying to sell it in the ring. Yeah, Eddie couldn't even see it. Like, he could probably hear it and feel it, but, like, they watched it and were like, the heat, and, like, no. Like, it didn't work. I don't know. I, yeah, that's, I definitely agree that it was an outside perspective that didn't get any better. They could have sent Kenny and the boys back in to be like, here, we're going to fuck you up more or something and nothing. Because, yeah, it really did in the night going, I don't remember anything else now. And, and there were so many options of, of a, how to make that explosion big and, and grandiose. I saw like predictions, like it'd been cool if like they did a ring implosion, like WWE can do. And even if, the, even if it was small and the ring still like dropped, you could have played that off. Like, Oh, it was so far that we fell, but yeah. Yeah. It's like, Damn, this is your first big, big stunt that everyone tuned in for because it was the first death match in decades, and that's how it ended. Yeah, I and think then they killed it two weeks later with Britt Baker and what's her face doing a way better match. <laughs> the hardcore legend, better than McFoley, as she says. Which uh, I don't know about her wrestling, but uh, her mic skills, Britt Baker keeps uh, keeps just yeah. killing it, just being totally obnoxious, perfect at it. Uh, uh, I'm excited. She she could be the female version of the Miz, and uh, I have the belief she could be a better wrestler. So uh, I'm excited <laughs> for Bray Baker's future. Yeah. I uh, I did enjoy the the Sting Darby Allen street fight. Like there were some things. What what the point of the Druids made no sense to me, but. <laughs> Some of the, the the stunts themselves, when he went through the glass pane and then it fell on his head, made me laugh out loud, even though I knew it hurt. And then, yeah, the, the dive was mm-hmm. quite impressive. Um, so it was nice for their, I mean, I, I guess it's not their first cinematic match, but it was <clears throat> AEW doing one. It was, yeah. I thought, really it well was, done. It was their counterpoint to The Undertaker's cinematic match. So Basically, as opposed to the did, other ones they did were, you know, not that uh, supernatural, you know, thing not not facing somebody like that they literally stole the druids and then they tried to uh you know make it ominous which i'll talk about in a minute i I have a little bit different opinion on uh how good it was but since a lot of it will be attacking the announcers again uh i'll let you guys finish i'll I'll let nate finish and then we'll go to ethan because i know he had a few opinions about it when we talked about it uh the night of or the night after uh yeah i was i mean it was kind of just like yeah a really weird setup to have taz there when the rest of the group was there was weird but I consider it just a big stunt show. I mean, and when one of the people can't do stunts anyways and sing, it's like, well, the rest of the guys doing big spots. I thought it was entertaining. And it, and I know it the last time the we talked, uh, not a big fan of the Sting Darby Allen. Like they're making it seem like it's a natural connection and it's just not. Um, I think you can make a connection, but they didn't really do that very well. Did this match at all change how you felt about that team up uh, that they have with those two? That, the answer is no. That's a good answer. You said it with your face. Yeah. <laughs> Ethan, uh, what, what, you had some, some more positive things as well, so we'll let you get in uh, before I do my negative, and then we know that the, 
the tiebreaker that always goes to. I, I just want Wade to keep that straight face and I'll have no idea how he feels until the bitter end. Ethan, go ahead. No, I uh, I actually really enjoyed it, though. but the thing that, like, if I was going to knock it down, like, a full grade is that um, I don't – it didn't need commentary. And the commentary that was provided <clears throat> wasn't all that useful. Um, I think that if it had been shot just fully cinematic and did cinematic match with live commentary over the top doesn't make any sense. Um, and, you know, I, I saw it as more than just – like just moving from high spot to high spot. Like I saw it as more of a kind of a, you know, street fight kind of match. Uh, I didn't. Yeah. The, the, the Druid parts weird, but other than that, the, the setup for the entrance was cool. Um, I enjoyed that. Uh, I like the kind of campiness of it. And Darby Allen sketching is always, it's always something I want to see on my TV. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. I just, the, the commentary was my biggest thing that, took me out of the match constantly all right well i'll say to one point to the not having commentary at all uh, i think that's probably true for anything that is uh like this Uh, it's tough this one was pretty close there weren't too many moments where they actually like fully stopped or like felt like they you know had to completely change position uh so like they had commentary for the like uh, Jacksonville match, whatever the hell that was called, the Stampede or something. Yeah. So that works because it's still supposed to be a match, even if you're taking liberties with the cinematic abilities, right? Uh, if it is going to be more movie-like, then you're getting to this weird middle ground. I think something like the Firefly Funhouse, no commentary. You're just in a different world than wrestling and deal with that. I think the um, Boneyard match, was better without commentary, but I wouldn't have been mad if there was because it was one sequential fight, even if we know in actuality it wasn't. They had to stop and do different shoots, do uh, different setups. Uh, I, I felt like that Sting match was pretty close to that. I felt like because of the way they did it in one area and the way they were moving around, I think it was fine. And I think, if anything, Taz added to the match. It was the other three that were just... I. I don't think there's an announced team right now that is very good at it. I feel like that supernatural, like anytime WWE does it with Bray Wyatt, they don't have the right vocabulary. They're not talking about it in a way that both fits that world that Bray Wyatt's in and the world that WWE wrestling's in, which is, it's weird for AEW because I, I, I feel like JR used to do that really great in WWE when he was talking about The Undertaker. He did a great job of responding to, well, this is fucking nuts. Uh... I'd like to go back to a wrestling match, please. But God, Undertaker's scary. And now he's just very old and bitter. So he's selling it (laughs) as just, I don't care about these young bucks with their dumb idea. And uh, he barely cares about the actual young bucks with the top (laughs) tag team in the the promotion. Uh, So JR is just bringing it down. Tony Schiavone has no idea how to deal with this and never has. Um, and, And then you add in like Excalibur is just too like first day of school excited. And so where that can work in matches, I don't think it works for a dark match where you have this really rip off music from the crow. Like they literally found what, whatever DVD was made that we don't, it, it's so obscure. We don't even know what name of the rip off movie from the crow is, but like they stole the score from that movie instead of actually worried about copyright infringement and stealing the score from the crow. That's what happened. And so it was a lot of things they fucked up in that match. In terms of the actual action, 
I think if they did less to make it ominous and just let it be ominous that you're in an abandoned building with Sting and Darby Allen and all these motherfuckers are throwing each other into bricks, into windows, that's good enough. You didn't need to turn it more ominous, and they only did because of Sting, and also Sting sucks. So all of it came together to be something that I didn't really enjoy. And so I can see where you guys think the positives. There were things that they did well, and I could be like, note that, do that in the future. Uh, in terms, I just didn't start with caring because I don't want to see old man Sting wrestle. He's going to come back for a cinematic match. Should be The Undertaker or nothing. Um, if you're going to do the rest of this, uh, if it's going to be this Darby Allen, like little, you know, you got a, a tiny little guy that he's mentoring, tell that story better. And they did a shitty job. And I, I know I haven't watched a lot of wrestling, but that was the one thing. I took the time. I watched the segments. It was shit. Not very good. And uh, that means when you're a 50-50 match, I'm going to push it on the negative side because I didn't care in the first place. And the only way I could possibly be proven wrong is to go to the last man uh, going down to Wade in the corner. Wade, how did you feel about that cinematic match? Uh, I, I wasn't even worried about the commentators. I just think Darby Allen sucks. <laughs> of course, <laughs> they had to be the hottest of hot takes. <laughs> if, if Sting's the crow, then Darby Allen's the crow that had Eddie Furlong in it. And not Eddie Furlong when he's still cute in T2, <laughs> the one where he's all old and crusty, and you're like, is he on meth? He's probably on meth. Um, yeah, I think that's, I just, that's just th- confirmed. <laughs> Darby Allen, I don't know. I think he's lame. Like, I think the whole skateboard gimmick sucks. Um, like, he's just painting half his face like fake Goldust does now. And, um, like, I, I don't get it. Like, it's just just like everything else. I'm just getting old and bitter. Man. And everyone My video I'm, at the uh, end is going to be that much more funny <laughs> when I show all these old pictures <laughs> of Wade. And he's talking about how lame this uh, skater gimmick is. And I got half kind of excited. painted. I don't think there was face paint, but uh, there there might be a certain color of hair that uh, I wouldn't imagine Wade having. But uh, you did you did some deep diving. I did some deep dive. Um, I did some deep dive. (laughs) I had some teenage angst, but but unlike Darby Allen, I got out of it in my thirties. So um, how old is Darby Allen? I don't know, thirty-five. Got to be close to thirty. No way, he's thirty-five. Too old. He's like twenty-five. Like that. He's like twenty-seven. There's no way he's thirty-five. That's crazy. Well. Fooled me. All right. Wait, just skateboard. I know. I, I last time I was on a skateboard, I knocked out four teeth. So I'm really just jealous. <laughs> you see these? See these? They're not real. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, I, I don't know. That I, I wanted to have Wade on my side to take down the match, but he attacked the only thing that I'm not ready to attack. I think. Darby Allen could use some work. He could uh, be booked a little bit better. Uh, I, I think we disagreed on this from the get-go of AEW. I thought that first promo he did going into the the, the match with uh, Cody, uh, I really enjoyed. And I could understand where you thought it was a little bit more on the corny side. But at the very least, uh, it, it, it's kind of how I feel. Uh, I was thinking back to like when Ronda Rousey cut like the soy boy type promos of, uh, you know, calling Becky Lynch a millennial. I was like, she nailed a person that we hate in real life. And so I'm counted as a positive. I think that's well done. And with Darby Allen, it's very similar. Like he is a person that I probably don't like. I'm probably not hanging out with the guy that is Darby Allen's character. Exactly. But I can't argue that that's not a good wrestling character and that he's like not doing it well and that it has potential because he gets to be both the positive version of that, which I still want to punch, but the average person, you know, isn't as bitter and petty as me. And then on the other side, I think when he turns heel, we all get to enjoy 
the douchebag version of that gimmick. So for me, it's positive. Like I, I'm, I'm going a thumbs up with Darby Allen, thumbs down with Sting, uh, the announcing for AEW, and uh, whoever is putting together the score for the cinematic matches. Uh, yeah, get a new guy, get somebody else. Go. They didn't, didn't WWE fire uh, Jim Johnson? Like, yeah. come on, step, step yeah. in AEW. This okay. seems like an easy match. So just, just, just get that going. But uh, I, I wasn't a big fan of that match. And then yeah, the rest of it. Man, I was definitely distracted when I was watching. I had to go back and rewatch the the Young Bucks because the first time it went through, uh, just wasn't paying enough attention. But uh, they always put on a phenomenal match. And uh, the the big thing with them is character work. And I think once we get, you know, I guess we'll do it here. There's no point in looping back around to the weekly product of AEW because we've got so many things to talk about. But I feel like going into that match, there was very little from the Young Bucks that I cared about that has worked. And even with the Kenny Omega stuff and bringing in Don Callis hasn't worked. And I know how Wade feels about Don Callis, uh, very negative. So you'll get a chance to yell at me here in a second. Don Callis freaking brought it on whichever recent AEW dynamite when he gets uh, into, is it, is it Matt Jackson that he's uh, basically calling a coward and Matt won't step up. And then finally he slaps the crap out of him. And I just, that whole segment, uh, I I would normally have agreed with Wade wholeheartedly. Don Callis has never done anything, and a lot of his uh, resurgence has been announcing. And he maybe I just hate announcers. Was not very good at announcing. Like I don't, I didn't understand. People kept pointing to him and Kevin Kelly, and that really gets me because I don't want to be mean to Kevin Kelly. Seems like a nice guy. He's worthless. Uh, the <laughs> fact that he's won multiple announcers of the year awards for Meltzer pisses me off so much because he's not good at announcing uh, nice <laughs> no, guy don't want to be mean but fuck like don't give him awards and don Callis didn't help that's all i'm saying but uh in terms of what he brought as a manager like it it seemed like nothing nothing and then all of a sudden one pro- promo where not only did he deliver he did what his job is he brought matt jackson to a place where i care about matt jackson outside of the ring and I'm not sure that that's happened for me with the Young Bucks at all. I think even the early promos for AEW, uh, I, I like the shell of the story. Like, I think it's there. I think there's something to be told. And their promos, similar to Kenny Omega, uh, just felt, like, underwhelming. You know, like, uh, I, I think particularly Kenny Omega was just trying to avoid the kind of, like, over-the-top anime-style promos he, he got in New Japan. Uh, but the Young Bucks, it was like, they they didn't have a reason to be as lackluster as they were considering they were the top guys and nothing's happened with them to this point. And I still don't know. That's still not a promo from them necessarily other than the reaction that Matt Jackson has from getting slapped, but it made me care, made me want to see what they do next. Makes me want to see how that story plays out with Kenny Omega. And uh, does that slap uh, start a bitter rivalry, keep the feud going, or does it make Matt Jackson fall in line and help out Kenny Omega take over AEW? I want to see what happens. I want to see how it plays out. So good job, Don Callis. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll do the circle around again. We'll see how everybody else felt about Young Bucks match and that, and then we'll get to Wade, the the arbiter of truth. Uh, Ethan, how'd you feel about uh, Young Bucks and how much have you kept up with that story uh, going into uh, the last few weeks? Um, I don't know. You kind of covered everything that I could say on it. I think that their, their match at Revolution was um, my favorite match of the night. And I think that... Kind of like you said, like the the characters of the Young Bucks, 
I care about their characters in ring. I think they're very good in ring storytellers and play their characters well in ring and know their roles. But like anytime that they're in promos and I don't, I, and maybe, maybe it's that I need to watch for being the elite, but I, you know, I, I've never been, I never found a lot of depth in it. Like it's enjoyable, but like, like you said, the stuff with Don Callis kind of adds a, a deeper layer, uh, which is nice. So kind of a, a light, a light take to balance out whatever hatred is about to come. <laughs> Uh, Nate, uh, I, I assume how, how much of the, uh, you know, YouTube stuff, the various videos they do, uh, have you watched? Because, uh, I think for a while there's moment, I, I feel like anytime I hear something specifically cool happen, I'll t- turn it on. I'll put it on YouTube. I think Ethan's probably pretty similar in that, but in terms of th- there is a group of wrestling fans that watch it week to week, keep up with every moment of it, talk about it. And that's part of wrestling. And then there's also the part of wrestling where you have to assume there's wrestle, there's wrestling fans who will n- pretty much never watch it. And if your character sucks without the extras, that's not good. You have to be able to show within the weekly show, whether that shows up. Uh, how much have you watched that? And how much do you think that plays into where the Young Bucks seem uh, underwhelming to people who might not be keeping up uh, with all of the, the extra stuff outside of the weekly shows? I have been watching Being the Elite uh, since before the first All In. I just like I kind of found uh, New Japan and found them at the same time, and was like, okay, they're funny here. Um, and honestly, I feel like they've gotten more people over everybody else over on that show recently. I mean, like whether you guys are fans of uh, the Dark Order. Dark Order on Being the Elite is like the best thing there. It is yeah. the funniest segments now and uh, all that stuff's extra. When it comes to the Young Bucks, they're fine. Uh, Gallows and Anderson, all they do is make jerk-off jokes, which can be funny, but has nothing to do with the show. Um, and so really, they haven't transitioned it to the show. If you watch it, you'll get it. If you don't watch it, it might not help. I really think what it comes down to for the Young Bucks is they they were good villains with Bullet Club in New Japan to the point that people started to like them. Then they watched Being the Elite and were like, oh, we actually like you because you're cool off camera. And then they get to they make AEW and then they're just, oh, we're cool. And so Everybody who watched before and liked them are like, okay, you're fine. But it's hard to get new people to like them because they're pushed as the baby face that was that they were never good at. And so it's like any other t- storyline where the heel is that cool that they become cool, but too many new people are watching them now that go, you're not cool. You're stuck in the 80s and you're not good at it. And there's a reason why <laughs> Shawn Michaels kicked Marty Jannetty because it wasn't cool. And... So that's really the struggle that they have. The match was was good. Um, I think I was more excited with the presentation of, oh shit, what's happening with Jericho and MJF afterwards than I gave a shit about Young Bucks moving on and moving forward. Um, their storyline now with the whole breakup with Kenny Omega is all right. It's like, cool. Don Callis is whatever. I mean, he's he's... I mean, if I'm supposed to hate them, I do, but I think it's not <laughs> because they're telling me to. I think it's because 
you're loud and annoying and you act like you know you're talking i mean you're you're fucking what's his name not the guy with the glasses jim Cornette. yeah <laughs> you're basically yeah. trying to be him <clears throat> but like jim Cornette lived it and you're <laughs> you're just faking it so it'll be fun it's weird that they're already having a triple or a three-person tag team with john moxley on their side and it's like unless it is a swerve it's like they shouldn't be with him they just it was three months ago that they would have been on kenny omega's side to fight moxley yeah so. well i mean i think that's what the the don Callis promo really helps though like it escalates it fast and yeah. so now you do have that kind of okay there's a reason this match is happening and we also we don't have a good reason to believe uh you know as opposed to like okay we the sides are clear and there might be a big turn in this case it is that middle ground of well yeah it would make perfect sense that the young bucks simply turn on moxley and go back with kenny omega so moxley and he's delivering the promos that way it's like i don't trust you yet i'm not buying it but since we're both ready to kick the shit out of them let's kick the shit out of them and i think everybody's playing it right i think normally once again this is one where when you do the fantasy book in it's like be careful because we know how Vince would have played this and would have failed. These guys are playing it right. It still could go wrong, and it's still you know I wouldn't blame anybody if they didn't necessarily care about some of this because it did happen so fast that uh, you know you, you don't just get to do one promo and say we're good now. Uh, but I'm that willing to be that flippant about it. Like one good promo, I'm back in. Don't don't fuck it up now, but I'm in. Tell a good story from here, and I will try to quickly forget that you guys have been lackluster on the mic for what a year and a half now whatever like it, it's been a while for them to, to to not have done anything that makes me stand out other than yeah you guys have great matches all the time uh which as we know that's that's half the battle uh the other half young bucks had uh, not done a very good job i feel like i'm ready to see it go but i do want to get wade's opinion uh my, my camera went out again that's great uh but no uh wade we'll get to you and i'll fix my camera uh do you want to continue to pile on with Don Callis and beat down any positives I just gave him? Uh, or would you rather uh, go at Nate for attacking your favorite thing, which is uh, Gals and Anderson doing jerk-off jokes all the time? Man, like, <laughs> I laugh at him. Like, I, I, I feel like um, I, I agree with most everything you guys had to say, but uh, Gals and Anderson just aren't getting their due here. I mean, hashtag keep dick jokes in wrestling. Um, but, uh, um, Callis, I, I feel like Callis is only here to be a tether to, from Gallows and Anderson to Impact. Like, th- that seems to be, like, literally the only thing he's there for because he's literally adding nothing to this storyline. Like, this storyline could go the same way it's going right now without him. Like, he's just there to, like, like to talk more. He's kind of like J.J. Dillon and the Four Horsemen. Like, he's just fucking there. Um, I, I disagree, also- but I'll let you finish. Yeah, I just hate J.J. Dillon also. Um, no, no, you, you can pile on him. I just mean, uh, I, I will counter that point about Don Callis not mattering, but I'll let you finish up first. Um, and, and then and then going with the Young Bucks, they're in the same category as Kenny Omega. Is Kenny Omega fucking sucked in AEW when he was the good guy. He sucks as a good guy. He just doesn't have the face, the look, anything as a good guy. But he's a really good bad guy playing a psycho, making big crazy eyes at you. He's giving the you know, the Manson peepers and pointing finger guns at you. That's pretty fucking cool. Um, also, the Young Bucks are good at being little shitheads. They're not good at being 
good guys that are standing up and doing the right thing. They're good at being the little assholes that would fuck with you in grade school. And then when you went to hit them, they were too fast for you to hit. That's what fucking the Young Bucks are good at. Um, and I feel like they didn't, like, it took them a long time to get the tag belts and to get, like, any sort of good storyline going because they're, what, like, presidents of the company? And I think they just wanted to avoid, like, the internet backlash of, like, the, the Triple H. Like, oh, look, the guy in charge is pushing himself. I think um, that's the same reason Cody Rhodes took himself out of the I'll never wrestle for the world belt again. Like, I think it's just to avoid the I'm pushing myself being in charge. But fuck it. Push yourself. You're the, you're the best things in AEW. You're why we're tuning into AEW. So more Young Bucks, less Marco Stunt, I say. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So you, you really got me on the end there uh, with they, they did make a huge mistake with them being uh, good guys coming in. But I, I don't even think it was like the Triple H, like being the authority figure backlash. Uh, if anything, they could have played into that a little bit more and tried to do it better without it mm-hmm. being like the guys in control. Uh, that could have been the main uh, friction between everything they do. And instead, they were one-off jokes where people are like, whoa, you're the president, da-da-da-da-da. Um, I, I think if they would have played that up a little bit more, it would have worked. And uh, this is one where uh, my first chance to blame the fans in a long time, so I'm going to jump in and do that. Uh, fans' fault. They made it where it was impossible for them to be <laughs> anything but the good guys, even though they need to be the bad guys. And that doesn't mean you can't uh, you know, end up cheering for the bad guys like wrestling fans do. Go for it. Fine. Whatever. Uh, but they turn them into folk heroes. You can't start this promotion and be the savior of wrestling and come <laughs> in as the bad guys. So they had to be yeah. the good guys for at least a period of time. They were stuck in that role. Uh, in fairness, their matches are so good. It made up for the fact that they really couldn't do that. They, they, they dragged down some of those stories, or at least uh, they were kind of running in neutral, but they're all so good at wrestling that it didn't really matter. Like, I, I put it as sort of a negative, but that didn't mean I wasn't psyched every time because when you're that good at wrestling, I'm going to be psyched for the pay-per-view, even if every time I see you on the mic, I'm like, ah, what's the story? But you guys are the storytellers? Like, you're the ones better than WWE? WWE fucks up? Because I, I don't know what story you're telling right now. Uh, they had that problem for so long, and that's why I think with the Don Callis, and you're talking, uh, he brings nothing to it. Well, he does bring something to it. He's the catalyst because otherwise, even with the heel turn, they're not doing anything. They're not making, uh, uh, you know, a, a story. And Don Callis is the first bit of story. Don Callis is the guy who can get into Kenny's ear. He can be the manager that gets him pushing in the direction of, yeah, why aren't you doing the things that made you great? Why are you being this little bitch who can't even point the finger guns at people anymore? Like, we need you to step up. We need you to actually be the cleaner again. And when that happens, that friction between the Young Bucks, otherwise... They were like doing a little bit of friction with like Adam Page in there. And that was wasting Adam Page's potential, wasting months where even though you got some good matches out of it, these guys are running in place in terms of their characters because what is the friction? Like it didn't make sense to me that they were battling each other over the tag belt. Did nothing for them for at least half a year. And then now Don Callis within a couple weeks, which you know, at least a couple weeks of me watching. I don't know how long he's actually been uh, working with uh, AEW this point because I wasn't watching the weekly shows. But within just a couple segments, he, like you, normally if you told me, go watch Don Callis, I bet he does great. I'd be like, well, that's bullshit. That ain't going to happen. But no, every time I was told to look, Don Callis did something to push them forward when they were doing not a damn thing for themselves. And maybe otherwise he is worthless. 
He can never compare to Jim Cornette, and I don't even have that high of opinion of Jim Cornette. But in this case, Don Callis came in for a job, and he got the job done. Wow. There's my best promo, defending Don Callis. I don't know who I am. Thank you for ter- uh, turning in for the latest episode of Heroes and Heels. Uh, my favorite segment being on there. If, uh, the, the good guy that uh, you, you got wrong or the, the, the bad guy that really is the good guy, like, uh, I don't plan on doing a show about Don Callis ever, but I'm glad I did this little snippet for us. Didn't know we were dealing with the head of the Cyrus Fires fan club here. Sorry. <laughs> My mistake. Did you not no see disrespect. the dot? I no put makeup over the intended. dot. I only I, I wipe the makeup off when I go in public, but right now uh, I got it covered up. But yes, uh, <laughs> big fan. No, uh, it, I, I'm excited for what these guys can do going forward. And otherwise was not. And you know, the, for the rest of the show, I'm trying to think of other people where they could really get uh, a, a big boost going forward. Like the only other one I, I, I hinted to it earlier, uh, Britt Baker uh, has just been killing it on the mic uh, in which she was doing good and they gave her like more time. And I think it was, it was 50, 50. It was pretty good. Now she's, she's a hundred percent. She's nailing these promos and where she'd normally, it'd be like a kind of like uh, like a note, like there's a bullet point, like make a reference. That's going to, should upset old school fans, but if it doesn't hit, then you're just like, well, that was lame. Uh, she nailed it. She finally, she went after Mick Foley and she didn't miss a, like at all, nailed it. And the, the main thing being the, the ring work, which you just have to play into it. Uh, if you want her to be the next, you know, uh, character that's like the Miz, which I originally thought would be MJF, sadly, he's pretty good at wrestling. So he can get by on the mic and the wrestling. But if you want somebody... He's bad and is going to have to just cheat to win. Uh, and realistically, because I don't believe they can beat anybody who's a real wrestler. Britt Baker, go for it. Get that belt off Sheeta. That's the next thing that I think uh, the women's division has been kind of running in place as well. Even as they've had some uh, undercard people that have been a little bit entertaining. Nothing's uh, worked its way up to like, oh, yeah, that's a money match. Uh, Britt Baker stealing the belt from Sheeta and having this heel run. Uh, I'm down for it. I'm ready for it. I want to see Sheeta chase and try to get the belt back. I want to see what happens when uh, Britt Baker has to hold the belt against potentially, you know, Nyla Rose coming in to be this uh, wrecking ball. And uh, I feel like even be careful, don't turn her face. Uh, They they have a list right now that I don't think can be the one. They can't go up against Sheeta right now. They can't be thrown into a one-on-one main event. But if they're just part of it while Britt Baker is being the chicken shit heel that keeps stealing it, it like perfect perfect way to make a real storyline happen in the women's division so i do that now get, get whatever it takes to get that going as the the next storyline that's what aew needs for the women's division i agree i think it's 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 very that, that, that wwe's women's better better uh and i think that's just because like they haven't cared in aew but the girls have like Britt Baker got back from injury. I think that was her biggest struggle at first was for nine months. She was in a wheelchair, not able to do anything. She was talking and she was getting better at it. But now that she's back and able to wrestle, beat Thunder Rosa, get past her, even though she technically lost that amazing uh, dark match. Uh, like you said, she can get the belt. Uh, the the alien one, whatever her name is, that just came back. this last Statlander? Statlander, 
I enjoy her. I mean, she's weird, but she's at least a face. So she can be a, a, a good wrestler and can go in there. Because otherwise, it's all the heels. They have just the, the female heels that can talk. And, and yeah, Jade's the one that I, I'm just, I just see a future for her. She, she reminds me, I mean, she reminds me of Bianca Belair in that she was young, but she's fit as hell. And she just tells you what she's thinking and then goes and backs it up. Like, that match with Shaq was actually quite entertaining for him not knowing how to wrestle. She not knowing how to wrestle. <clears throat> I liked it. And they gave Solid. it to you for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think that's a, a way to go. And, and it really is just how do you get people into the main event that haven't quite earned it yet? And yeah, Britt Baker is probably the perfect one to just find a way to make it a, a few triple threat matches that give somebody else uh, some time in the spotlight so we can get accustomed to it, get used to seeing them in those matches. They can get used to it. And going forward, you can actually start to have, uh, you know, a much better uh, women's division, which, you know, you look uh, not the same type of talent, but the the four horsewomen of NXT, like part of that was having four that were going at it. So you didn't have to start with two and then when, one has to leave the main event and now they face somebody who's not ready. No, you had four building up at the same time that gave you more matchups in between. And even though maybe wrestling fans have gotten bored of it to this point and want a few uh, more women thrown into uh, that group, uh, it really helped in the get-go to, to, to jumpstart the women's division. And if you can find a way to do that with a few of these uh, women that are starting to gain that traction, but need somebody to help elevate them into that main event, I think it'll end up being Red Baker and uh, should, should be fun to see how they, they go from there. Uh, anybody have anything else for women's division? I do want to do start doing rapid fire and get us out of AEW real fast. Um, we'll have more for the, the next time we do a pod that doesn't have two previews happening. I want them. Okay. Speaking of also being the elite on being the elite, Nyla Rose and uh, Vicky Guerrero do characters where they're like nuns and they just steal everybody's stuff and sell it. Why? Like, it's funny, it's stupid, and it's a change of pace. Like, I don't know why they're not... And they have some... I don't know who the, the preacher guy, who's like a demon, is, but... it Like, they have two different characters. They have the native beast, and then they have this one. And Change it up. Nyla's proven that she can show that she's dominant, but there's, like, little to no character. Did I just lose everybody? I mean, we're here. I'm here. Okay, because everyone went black all at once. And I was like, maybe I talked too much. I shouldn't have mentioned a demon or something. I don't no, know. Uh, you I'll shouldn't stop. have promoted Vicky Guerrero. The that's the line on this podcast. And excuse uh, me, uh, no excuse, no excuse. <laughs> but uh, one of the things, and I didn't want to like put this as just a one hit. I wanted to talk about it a little bit more, but we went a little bit long. Uh, that's my bad. Sorry. But uh, inner circle. Uh, facing off with the pinnacle, I think this was one that, man, it was so weird. Uh, I, I, I felt like this was another one that was kind of lackluster, even with it being Chris Jericho and MJF. I just felt like because it was such a like simple premise that n I, like, what was the big moment of MJF being a part of the inner circle, right? Like, I don't remember anything that really stood out. But the moment they do the, the, the break apart and MJF starts his own uh, faction, that has been grade A television every second of it. 
And that's, it's one of those things that, you know, I, I, I'm willing to just immediately ignore what was happening before, as long as you're doing good shit right now. And, you know, uh, in a non-ironic way, stealing a Vince quote, that is such good shit. Like, loving every second of it. Uh, even the throwing MJF through the Pepsi machine uh, looked real, looked like, you know, actually hurt. The, the, the way they were beating the crap out of each other, like a type of street fight that got extra bloody, but not in a gimmick way. Like, it felt like a real fight. It felt like uh, the pinnacle uh, just getting utterly owned by the inner circle. And finally, Chris Jericho doing something that if he's going to turn face or be the face in comparison to the pinnacle, I I need Chris Jericho to turn slowly. I can't have him immediately become the normal, uh, you know, good guy because he's been such a dick for so long. It has to be he's just the good guy in comparison to MJF. And they've been doing it great. I, I've loved every minute. How have you guys felt uh, about the creation of that second, uh, you know, group, super group, and to have it where both have been uh, the shittiest of heels for so long, and now they're getting to face off, and we all just get to decide uh, which asshole group we love more. Uh, I think that MJF spitting out toilet water is the best thing I've seen on television in like 10 years. Um, that, that, yeah, that whole street fight was great. Uh, like I said, like his time with the inner circle didn't really seem to matter much, other than the fact that it helped launch this rivalry, and that's all it really needed to do. Um, and I like the idea of it being like two shit heels going up against each other and one thinking that they're the good guy and then maybe having down the road some kind of broader scope image where they all kind of get their asses kicked by all the actual faces that exist in uh, in AEW. Um, all it's missing is is William Regal yelling war games, but I don't think we're going to get that <laughs> on AEW TV. Who knows? Maybe that's what Chris Jericho and Stone Cold talk about uh, on the Broken Skull <clears throat> session uh yeah that's the only guts is what they called it (laughs) like i i would talk about uh i had miro on the list but i'll save that for another day i don't think it really matters uh and then uh the i don't really want to waste time talking about broken skull sessions uh i I, I don't think they're going to talk for any more than maybe a second of mentioning AEW even exists uh do you guys agree or disagree that's the only thing like uh, the, the the you know implication is that WWE is bringing him in, and it can't just be a WWE conversation. You know, Stone Cold's going to keep it real, and he's going to have at least a little bit of time to talk about Chris Jericho going off to, to AEW. Uh, do you think there's any time at all on that Broken Skull session where they're talking about the rival uh, company? Sorry, real quick, you just summed up Miro's time in WWE perfectly. <laughs> I was going to say, I, but I don't have time for this. Uh, did you say WWE or AEW? Because it doesn't seem like anything has changed. Anyways, um, I, you get your look on your face. You haven't done shit, man. <laughs> As it broken down one Eminem style rap, uh, like I'm out. Like, I, and the the weird thing is, I believe Rusev has potential, and I'm glad he's getting to work out the kinks of what he's not good at, which at this point is uh, riffing in character. He's good at like making jokes off the cuff if he's just hanging out on a stream if he's just doing some backstage stuff in WWE, uh, when it's within this badass character, he is not pulling it off as being funny, but also this, you know, just monster. Uh, and he'll figure it out. I've, he has enough uh, charisma to figure it out. But what they've done so far, if you're going to tell me any of that's been good. I feel like his is the opposite of what I was saying about Young Bucks. 
They should have had him be a lot more face coming in. For sure. Because, like, mainstream wrestling fans knew him and loved him, except they put him with a dipshit that nobody liked, and then they were kind of stuck leaving him mid-card, and then he has to beat up more people we like, and it's like, hmm. We would love him to be the badass Rusev from the beginning where he just destroys everybody, but he's got to do it with a smile on his face and not with a guy we don't like. Yeah, and I think he could have still been a heel. He just couldn't do it within this group that doesn't make much sense. Any of the stuff, any of the stories that they're telling, like I get that, uh, you know, Rusev wanted to be uh, allowed to do his funny thing, but when he, even got the chance in WWE, he was a face. So don't keep trying to be funny as this heel there. Do what you know how to do and then branch out, then move on to those other things. And now know that you can because Vince isn't there to, you know, keep you in shackles or whatever the hell it is. Like you have the opportunity to be yourself. But in this case, definitely seemed like the pressure was on. Seemed like he, he wanted to knock out like 30 things Vince wouldn't let him do, but all in like the first four nights of being on AEW. And none of it made any sense. None of it got him uh, started on the right foot. And yeah, I, I have faith in him, but yeah, not don't care about a single thing he's done, which is why I had that face and just decided, tried to skip it. But Ethan wouldn't let it go. Ethan wouldn't let it happen. And then Wade defending his man down there as if what he like he had watched any of this garbage. Like, <laughs> come on, man. But uh, yeah, let's 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 move on. Uh, do you guys? Let's do NXT stand and deliver, and then if we have to be here for three hours because we're talking about two nights of WrestleMania, we'll we'll get there. Uh, but uh, we'll hit NXT stand and deliver first. Uh, the big thing for me, uh, top of the card is Finn Balor carrying Cross. Uh, I know my opinion, but we're gonna do reverse order. We're gonna Wade jump in first because last time we had talked to Wade, uh, great. Uh, soundbite of talking about how Karen Cross is just some random TNA guy. Like he might as well be a TNA guy, not even knowing that Karen Cross was a impact guy that came over. Uh, so Wade, with everything that's happened so far with the way they've built this up for, for these two to fight Karen Cross coming back from the injury. Uh, how much have you watched and has your opinion changed at all about Karen Cross's status? Is he still just some random TNA type guy? Now, Mac, that was a beautiful introduction, um, but I haven't watched any NXT. Um, I, yeah, I, I pretty much know nothing going on there. Uh, Karrion Cross is still nobody to me. I saw all the big matches he was supposed to have before he got hurt and didn't see the hype behind him. I said it before, and I'll say it again. He's nothing but an entrance. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, that's still my opinion. Nothing but an entrance. Don't care. Didn't you Born. say the same thing about Finn Balor when we started this promo? Finn this, Balor has the same, same match over and over and over again, and now he's not even the <laughs> demon anymore, so who gives a shit? I just love how I bet a bunch of people were, like, not in agreement with Wade, and I found the perfect way for him to say the thing that gets everybody against him, which is so easy to figure out. Uh, yep, Finn Balor, just another entrance, just like Karrion Cross. Mm. Uh, let's go to the rest <laughs> of the people that, that <laughs> might have seen, <laughs> seen a little bit of NXT. Uh, we'll, we'll start with Nate. Uh, how are you feeling uh, about this championship match at the top? I just find it hilarious for not having watched this show before. That's literally what my thought was when you were like, I don't give a shit. He's just an entrance. I was like, 
that's that's Finn Balor. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> okay, I got pointed out before I said it. Uh, that's honestly really how I feel. It is. I'm sure the match will be fine. They they they're gonna hit big things. I think for me, Karrion Cross, his biggest downfall is he doesn't have a good finisher. Like if if he had an entrance and a finisher, we could talk because I mean he he is imposing. He can he can he, he can sell a little bit. Uh, he he had a match not too long ago where he oh against all three of the the little guys, uh, where they outnumbered him, so he had to sell some. Um, I would say. I end up watching AEW more, or at least having the sound on AEW while watching them both at the same time. Uh, this one's probably one of the least ones I'm excited about build-wise, but I'm like, I'll enjoy it. I I can almost guarantee it's not match of the night at the end. All right. Well, I mean, that's fair. It, it, it's always tough company with, uh, with NXT. Uh, I do want to go up to Ethan, though, since there has... Uh, been attack on Karen Karen Cross. There's been an attack on Finn Balor. Uh, I have a feeling he uh, disagrees with at least one of those. Uh, Ethan, how, how have you felt about this program and uh, the two wrestlers that were just slandered? I don't really give a shit. Um, I hate to say it. This is normally where I'm I'm you know on the opposite side of Wade. I love arguing with Wade. It's so much fun. But like I I don't know. I'm kind of broken. I think. Uh, <laughs> I, and, and I I wanted to care about carrying cross, but uh, I just I just I can't even make a pun about caring and carrying. I don't know. There's all these things that normally I would do on the show, but just wow. um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it's it's probably gonna be. I do think it is gonna be a good match. Uh, I do think it's gonna be a great match. It's one of those things where a lot of what's going on in in uh, NXT and and. I'm kind of relying on the video package. Like it's, it's the most reliable thing about WWE programming is they always have absolutely great video packages. Um, so for the purpose of people being able to tune in and out much like the participants on the show um, and being able to, to kind of get a, a little refresher before is, is nice, but kind of without, Demon Balor, I don't really, I don't know. Yeah. Do you think he's going to show up? Because they made reference to him. I don't know. I feel like they're going to keep him away for a while. That's kind of my analysis of, of just from what I have seen with Finn Balor. I feel like they're just going to let him be Finn Balor for a while, um, which is fine. I think it. I, I my interest in his character fluctuates depending on his opponent. And not just because I only care about his opponent, but just because of how it, uh, you know, how their chemistry can reflect with one another. I, I just don't have a lot of uh, interest in carrying cross, I think is my issue. All right. Well, I was I was trying to check on the Finn Balor thing, but you still were just like, eh. I, I've only, uh, like I, I tried to talk about earlier, I've started to watch the weekly shows for the past month, but was missing before that. Uh, and then it was just kind of whenever somebody told me something good happened, jumped in. Uh, Finn Balor has been delivering good promos, which is not something, uh, you know, I would have imagined would happen. You're talking about just an entrance. Uh, you know, I, I thought the, him having the same match was kind of true until he started having more NXT matches or uh, when he got to face guys like AJ Styles. 
Uh, I think he's had really damn good matches with them. Uh, the problem for me was always the mic work. Um, and he's always somebody who is, uh, he's flexible in the mic. He's not one of those guys who just can't talk at all. He's just not, he's not been in a story that's mattered. Uh, doesn't deliver, you know, these, these really groundbreaking pro- promos. So being like kind of good is like literally where AJ Styles was for so long. It was like, I get why Vince likes it, yeah. but your <clears throat> promos are just good enough to make this storyline. Not bad, not good enough to make me give a shit about this. Uh, Finn Balor has passed that. Like Finn Balor has gotten to where he's delivering promos in NXT that I do care. I, I, I care about that. I've enjoyed the matches he's put on and I don't, I can't argue the carrying cross thing. Uh, there's not much there for me. It is a really good entrance and you know, maybe I'm just fighting really hard for his manager to stay on television, but <laughs> I think they're doing good. I think they're working. I think they're making it work. Uh, I, I, I think that in terms of him being like a worker, at this point, he's just supposed to beat the hell out of people. And they've let him beat the hell out of guys who have been established guys in NXT and uh, set him up to be a badass. And maybe that's to no end when, it, you know, as you mentioned, uh, a, a shitty finisher. So I guess it doesn't really matter. You beat the crap out of him and finish it uh, with a cross jacket or whatever the hell uh, the, 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 the move is. Uh, it, it just, it, that could be better. But honestly, with the way they've built him up and the way Finn Balor has kind of, made it seem like, yeah, he's going to win. And you mentioned hinting at the, the demon. I think the way you play this, unless, you know, Wade is just 100% right, unless, you know, uh, even somebody like Triple H is looking at it and having a very similar opinion that, that Wade has, uh, I think you bring out the demon and you let Karen Cross win. I think you let him take down, a, a, knowing that Finn just doesn't lose as the demon, uh, other than against what? Did, did he lose against Brock Lesnar? What was, like, the first demon loss? I don't think the demon's lost. Isn't maybe Samoa Joe beat him. <clears throat> maybe. Yeah. Maybe. maybe well, at, I don't know if he was the demon as it, because they went back and yeah. forth. But yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm not sure, but if he has it, definitely if he hasn't lost, let Karen Cross take him out. Let it be like that moment of like Karen Cross actually looks scared at the beginning of the match, but by the end, it's the same story. He takes out Finn Balor just like he takes out everybody else. That's how you play up that character if you truly believe in it. I can, if you're feeling like a lot of people in this podcast do, maybe not. I could see, like, make it last a little longer by losing it as Finn so that he could come back. Because I'd watch their second match if it meant the, the demon came back a second time. But I don't know if you want to waste it on their very first one. I don't know if you want to waste it on Karrion Cross. <laughs> see, that's what, that was my concern. I think, I think if you indeed believe Karrion Cross, that guy, it's not a waste because it pushes him to the moon. It's not even about a rematch between the two. And if anything, it's a rematch where Finn Balor has to build himself back up and try to get the win. Uh, but, yeah, the question is, is Karen Cross going to be that guy that carries this for a year? And, yeah, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of support here for that. So, uh, not, not the best move. If, Before it, his if injury, give up I'd on be him. okay with it. But. Yeah, I mean, his initial push, I didn't totally get it, but I, I don't know. It seemed more authentic, but I don't know. Again, Fucking impact guy. <laughs> it's like the same reason I said you know, eight of, of AEW is like they just they used Don Callis as like a branch to connect to impact. It's just like it's like being best friends with the kid who shit his pants in fifth grade. Like it's just a bad look. And it makes all your other friends look at you funny. Yeah, it would have been good if they stole some of the, the, the women's wrestlers. Like that could have actually really helped AEW if they got a few of them to come over and have some matches. But um 
The other one we have to talk about, uh, the, the other big match on the card being Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly facing off in this uh, bitter rivalry that, man, this is actually one where one of the promos from Kyle O'Reilly took me out of it a little bit. I think when they had their little sit down, uh, Kyle O'Reilly was going like super white me baby face. And if that doesn't happen yeah. where I know for sure Vince McMahon is causing it, it makes me a little upset with whoever was putting that on. Cause uh, I think Kyle O'Reilly might be perfect for that, but he doesn't need to play into it. Him just going up against Adam Cole uh, can allow him to be that character. So uh, they leaned into it really hard, but I think he saved it. I think by the end, he pulled it back. And I think Adam Cole nailed it. I think uh, him being that guy who was like, I'm just better than you. Like, you've been holding me down uh, this Undisputed Era. You're pretending like you allowed me to be champion for this long, and you've just stopped me from being the greatest wrestler ever. Like, that that uh, attitude has been perfect. And I know that if they can do even 50% on the mic, uh, these two are going to kill it in the ring. Uh, so I, I'm excited for that. Do you guys think that in terms of the build, uh, that this has lived up to this moment, which is you know the breakup of what has been one of the best parts of NXT uh, over the last few years. It's been pretty wild breakup. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I, I, something that like they hinted at a while back, and I'm glad they didn't do it. So like I, I guess it's it's fine they're doing it now. Kind of got their run, but uh, a Kyle O'Reilly Adam Cole match is something that like I I do look forward to seeing. Yeah, I think that um, they could have. Yeah, they could have maybe done more, but I don't know what that more is. I think they've definitely done enough for this feud to make sense. Having the payoff be, you know, the WrestleMania week match, um, and I think that they they've done enough also leading into it that that match is going to be so good no matter what that it feels like it is a big payoff to a big feud. Yeah, yeah, I, I I hear you both of them. Like, I'm more excited for the match, the the, the the title match. Like, I don't know if I think the the build has been the best, but the match is just gonna be nuts. And apparently, I'm missing some. I don't know where Bobby Fish has been in all this. Like, has he ever been in this? He's like, he's I mean, he's been injured like the he's whole injured time for for nine months out of the year, and. It, I think that's where I'm more intrigued of like, what? How is Bobby Fish and and uh, Roderick Strong? They kind of pushed him to the side already, and I'm like, if it's gonna be a breakup, it needs to be like a four way. So maybe like this is a build to that, but it's it is WrestleMania weekend. This should have been the big ending, not a build to more. So match is gonna be amazing. Build was okay for me. Are they gonna finally call up, call up to the main roster because Vince ain't gonna know what to do with him because he's shorter than I am, and so I feel like come Monday we're gonna hate it, but the night of it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I don't even want to think of what happens with where they go. I do. I just want to to see them finish off this rivalry and. I don't know. I don't think you need the other two there. I mean, like at this point, you know, I, I enjoyed Bobby Fish at the start. And then, uh, yeah, over time, it was just like, I guess you're the X-Pac of the group by like default. Like, <laughs> I don't know what's happening with you. Uh, and then Roger Strong is like 
so good in the ring, but I mean, he's such, he's so worthless as a personality. I mean, even as much as I enjoyed uh, his heel turn, it's been so much better. I don't need him out there. I don't need him to try to sell this, like get out, get him out of the way. So if they, if, if their one job is just to show up and pick a side at the end, that's way better than them being a part of this storyline. Get him the hell out of the way for the build. Let these two set it up. They're doing a good job. Let them have a real fight. And then if you need them to be a part of it, bring them in for a finish that is emotional and, the, you know, sets things up for the future, whatever it has to be. And I don't care which way they go. Uh, however they want that to play out, do it, go for it. Uh, but I, I'm excited to see where they take it because uh, at this point they deserve it. They deserve my undivided attention and the idea that I'm going to sit there and, oh, you didn't bring out Roger Strong and a guy who has no ACL left. Like, nah, don't care. If those two don't show up, won't affect me at all. Are you, how are, Wade, you, you've gotten upset by some of the weirdest things. Like, I have had way hotter <laughs> takes, and these are the things that upset you, that I'm picking up Bobby Fish? I'm just saying, you say the shit I'm saying controversial. These, these guys are good. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, are they good on the mic? And, 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 and for Bobby Fish, I bet he's good, but I haven't seen it because he doesn't wrestle. He's never been in the ring. He, he's good for the group. And that was the whole point of every group, group. Yeah. Every group needs a weird mustached guy. Yeah. Everyone needs their Ringo. All right. <laughs> I thought Kyle O'Reilly made up for that with the, like his weird rat tail thing happening. I thought you didn't need the, the weird facial hair because uh, Kyle O'Reilly split the difference no. with the haircut. No? no. All right. That's fine. Sure. Grow up. <laughs> Man, of all the things I said, I can't believe these are the hot takes. God damn it. Uh, one of the other things, uh, you know, people talked about. So uh, as Adam Cole is coming out, uh, he, he, he's passing HBK, who they brought in uh, to be the guy who says the cruiserweights can have a ladder match. I don't know. I guess I'm fine with uh, that little uh, thing just because it adds something to a cruiserweight match where I know those guys can wrestle, but uh, – another storyline that's just not very good. So uh, throw an HBK, that's fine. But the, the the bigger part is it gave the opportunity for a face-off between uh, Adam Cole and HBK. Uh, does that work? Is that something that uh, actually has any potential of happening? Uh, at this point, we know that HBK is finally uh, regretting his decision to come back to Crown Jewel for that terrible match. Uh, do you think this might finally be a situation where, as opposed to maintaining that perfect finish, uh, now he might actually consider facing somebody like Adam Cole to to reestablish that one last great match. I, I think so. I mean, I think he's got it's it's like Undertaker syndrome where it's like he was supposed to go out on, uh, you know, his mania match with Roman and was like, oh, I can't go out on that. All right. What's another match? Like, I can't fucking go out on that. Like, you know, now it's like you had the perfect finish. Now he's got to, you know, build it back to at least something that's that's respectable um and i think it'd be fun i think it'd be a good big boost for nxt uh just as far as namesake goes um i don't know how good of a match it'll be i don't know what Shawn michaels still has as far as what he could put together in, in the ring but if that's his last match versus what happened at crown jewel then yeah i'll, I'll prefer that i don't know are they making a seven-part docuseries on Shawn michaels right now do we know because <laughs> If so they did sign with Peacock, so uh, they're gonna have to start coming up with some cool shit. That's probably the first thing they asked for. A cinematic Shawn Michaels match, hmm. Firefly Funhouse. Put him in the flyer, Firefly Funhouse. I'll watch that. <laughs> All right, Nate, how you feeling down there? 
Uh, I don't think they'll do it. I could see Sean on TV with somebody, but I just don't know who they'd pair him with. Like, I I don't think he'll come back. But it's a fun one to make Adam look big. Wade? Um, Shawn Michaels already had the perfect ending once and he fucked it up and came back for Crown Jewel for a payoff. Um, <laughs> so I hope you don't see him again. And we probably won't. I don't think he'll ever go back in. He'll just show up and super kick Adam Cole in a guest referee spot and fuck shit up like he always does. Oh, he said, guess what? Shawn Michaels is a guest referee. I bet he doesn't super kick anybody. Um, so yeah, well, I hope he doesn't. But he can't. Why can't he? They banned leg slaps in WWE. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's so yeah, NXT kid. standing deliver might be awful. It might be the worst pay-per-view ever. There's no, like, sound, there's no sounds of slapping. Oh my God. No. I didn't even think it about will, that. It will not be the worst pay-per-view ever because... Well, worst NXT takeover ever. No, 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 no. no. Because there's still that. the creme de la creme. Champa and Walter are going to fuck shit up. Yes, sir. All right. They're going to fuck it up, fair. man. It's going to be a lot of chest slapping. There's going to be some red, bruised, purple chest at the end of the night. He's going to do the bit where you've seen, you've seen those matches where Walter works the neck, and no one can sell a neck injury better than Tommaso Ciampa. <laughs> because he, he actually he just has the neck injury. <laughs> hey, I think he's fooling all of us. I think, uh, I think we're all getting yeah. worse. Yeah, I love it when they show like the video of like Chapa like in surgery and he's like fucking working us again. Son of a bitch. Classic. Classic Chapa. Selling that neck injury. Uh, it's the same, yeah, it's, it's the same room that Vince got the he- the bedpan. They just have a a, a hospital room and in Stanford. <laughs> I'll take it from here, in. nurse. <laughs> the one and only uh, local medical facility. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited for that match. Uh, I, I think that that one needs no buildup. Like, I don't have to know what the hell is going on. I know no, that I at some know. point, Walter beat the hell out of somebody in the back or was threatening somebody in the back. But, like, in, in terms of how you get a, a, a match with those two, like, I don't need anything. I just, like, just, you could tell me the night of, you just be like, this was eeny, meeny, miny, mo, and we picked these two. And, like, yep, I'm yeah. in. Uh, I'm no in. video package. I'm right there. Um, the other match, uh, that, uh, is on the card, uh, you got the NXT women's tag titles. You're going to have Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart, uh, going up against, I, I didn't realize they had a name, The Way, uh, Candice LeRae and whoever her little sidekick is. I, it's actually written on my notes and I'm not willing to say it out loud because I just want to, uh, you know, stamp the fact that don't know who she is and don't really care. Uh, this, I, in terms of pair-ups, like we, we've talked before about just pairing up two random, uh, you know, good superstars or two top stars. Uh, I, I think this type of pair-up is probably genius because uh, Shotzi Blackheart is somebody who has a lot of potential, but it was hard to see where they were going with it and what they were going to use her for. Um, and then Ember Moon was somebody who went up to the main brand and even before the injury uh, is just somebody that has a lot there. But, you know, I can't even blame Vince if he doesn't know uh, how to use Ember Moon. I don't think I could fantasy book Ember Moon into a great championship match, minus saying, well, she's good in the ring. Let's watch her go work. You know, uh, putting those two together, uh, and, and I know what Candice LeRae can do in the ring. I don't know what her other person can do, uh, but I assume it's going to be a pretty good match, and at, at the very least, 
I've not been able to say there's been a WWE women's tag titles where I'm like, ready to watch that, see how that plays out. Uh, I'm 100% ready to at least see uh, what these four can do in the ring and try to make a women's tag title belt, you know, actually matter. Yeah, I think uh, the there is a chemistry with, with Shotzi and Ember too, and their characters do kind of play off of each other well um, to where they've, they've kind of found a way to sort of meld them together a little bit. Um, and I love watching both of them wrestle, and, and I think that, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to this match more than I think I originally was. And I think it'll be a good one. Yeah, they, they do have chemistry. They they both are uh like cosplayers that uh are cosplaying a brand that nobody actually watched. It was like one of the rip-off ones. So it's like everybody else is trying to be like a deadpool. They're like they they take like a, a well-known franchise, and these two are doing some thing that got canceled in like 1997 and only had one season. Like each of them, that's their two characters, is uh they yeah. picked some random cosplay and and at this point, uh, it's like they created an original character because nobody actually watched whatever dumb thing that they loved and were inspired by. I uh, I love Ember Moon. I love Shotzi Blackheart. I give zero fucks about this match. <laughs> <laughs> like, can- uh, Candace is fine. What she can wrestle, which is I feel like wrestle. we've been saying about a lot of people throughout this pod yeah but even then i feel like she needs a partner and both of those girls are good but yeah she just i guess she has hit the annoying heel level of where no actually you annoy me and i don't care which is a compliment but it doesn't help sell tickets for me um i give a lot more shit about the 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 women's championship I mean, I, I it's on the same level as the the main roster one. I don't care about this, and then part of that's probably because they're not teams. Shotzi and and Amber are close. They need a name. Maybe I'll give a shit when they had it, like when they seem like they're a name, and they seem like a group. But right now, I'll watch it because it's going to be on. But otherwise. I would fast forward it and or go make a drink like I'm going to do right now. But <laughs> that's my yeah. opinion. So that's fair. Uh, I will say that uh, I didn't expect that the team that randomly got thrown together with, is the the better, like, that's a team. But you're probably right. Uh, I think Candice LeRae should have been partnered up with uh, Raquel Gonzalez, like, and that's not to say that what they're currently doing with her is the, 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 the bodyguard is not working. Uh, and, and, and this would be like the better pair up, but it definitely would have been better for Candice LeRae. She needs something that matches that story. Uh, if you're going to give her a partner, it needs to be somebody who is big, strong, uh, to, particularly to protect the, the tiny it's little person. That can basically what her partner is. <laughs> yeah. Like, and uh, that's I'm a not bringing my secretary story. to fight you. Like, oh, so yeah, should have got her a a big bad to be the partner. Uh, that's been one of those things where uh, I put this in the I can't think off the top of my head other wrestlers that I've uh, described this way, but Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano are in that boat, maybe like the early on Baron Corbin when I was giving him positive for his mic stuff. It's like nothing you're doing is good or great, but 
you've went from being uh, sloppy on the mic to delivering it like, you know, efficiently. And that's at least a step. Cause if you get into a good program, you get into a spot, I know you're not going to be awful on the mic. That's kind of the leap that Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae have made. They're finally comfortable talking on the mic where before they were just not good. Like they couldn't get through a promo confidently. Now they are, they might be overconfident because they're not realizing they're not doing anything worth a fuck. So that's where those two are currently. I still think that's a step forward. Just doesn't, once again, to, to steal Nate's uh, <laughs> work choice is, uh, you know, uh, essentially uh, that they, it doesn't sell, you know, like that's, that's, that's literally the best way to describe Candice LeRae and what she does. Uh, really talented in the ring that when you talk about like a good hand, that's what she would be. And that's what Johnny Gargano has been for the most part, even if he's had big time NXT matches. But uh, those guys can't sell tickets. Like they're not the ones who are going to do anything entertaining. So not not nearly as entertaining as as Nate processed during this podcast. Thank you. It up perfectly though. It's like, hey, how would you sum up your opinion on Candice Lorraine's character? It's just the sound of vodka pouring into a glass. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You can hear it. Hear it, my bad. (laughs) So. Yeah, uh, I have nothing else for them. They don't matter. We're done. Uh, is there anything else from NXT Stand Deliver before we get to the reason we're here? An hour and 20 minutes in. WrestleMania, two nights. I, I mean, uh, this podcast is going to be just as long as that show. As a one-off, Pete Dunn versus Kushida is going to be... I don't really know the story going into it. I know it's going to be a fucking banger. So, And that's that's it. That's all it needs to be. I, I just want to know if anyone else picked up on... Nate's breathing really got heavier when that liquid started pouring. <laughs> he was really looking forward to it. Girl, sweaty now, Nate. <laughs> Shit, it's a lot of stairs up here. <laughs> but, uh, I I am am excited for the Irishai Gonzalez match. Yeah, I think they finally built somebody female wise who is large and seems threatening. That athletic, athletic enough to put to put on a good match. I feel like it's intriguing that she was the bodyguard. She's not a diesel though. Like she seems like she could actually go. So I see a potential of like we're gonna build a character. Whether she wins or not, she could come out this a star, or she's gonna come out looking like shit. But it's it's a it's a very big potential. And Iro Shirai is a great one to be able to push that so actually i agree that all these other matches do sound like they're just gonna be bangers and it didn't matter this one i feel like has been a build that they never made like the main event to then be a surprise that one i'm looking forward to even if it does fail i'll have to wait and see the video package uh i didn't see enough of the build and generally speaking, uh, with with these two superstars, uh, I have no expectations for Gonzalez. And then Io Shirai is the like penciled in, like she's gonna do some crazy shit. So get excited yeah. for when the match happens. But uh, I I will uh, reserve judgment until I actually get to see a video package, and uh, we'll let you know whether I, I agree on the the build and how they've done that. But going to WrestleMania 37 preview, 
Uh, once again, the two nights thing, which I feel like still surprised the hell out of me. Like, I know we already did it last year, but it like even though it was meant to happen, it still felt like that was only a COVID thing. It was like, well, we did that because they're stuck on a soundstage. And then, like, to get again this year, they're like, we're bringing people back, and it's two nights. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that was the plan all along. It's like, we're getting two nights. And I remember back when it was one night, and people were like, there's so many people. People don't, like, there's wrestlers that aren't getting a chance, not getting the time. This should be two nights. We definitely have enough material to fill up two nights. And uh, I'll blame the pandemic, but, yeah, I don't think this is two nights worthy when I'm looking at the group of matches on here. Now, there are things I'm excited about, and I hope to talk about that more, but I do want to open up with that sort of uh, complaints because that's this show's bread and butter. Uh, let's just attack this for being ridiculous. Uh, are you guys in agreement with me that this just doesn't look like there's nearly enough on this card for it to be split into a, a two-night event for WrestleMania? No, definitely not. No. No, no reason for it. Okay. I guess I disagree, but not I guess yes, I we need a I guess you might have a valid you might have a valid point that like there's some shit I don't give a fuck about already. But a six to seven hour long <clears throat> event, I'm not a fan of. Like I, I would much rather watch three and a half hours one night, three and a half hours another night, and have a nap in between than the long. So even after last year, even going into this year, even with bringing fans back, I hope they continue that because it it's too much wrestling no matter how many matches they do for one night. I mean, can rewatch, can rewatch last, last five before last year. And realize you just wasted your entire afternoon. Like, I think it's 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 a good thing that they're going that route. I mean, look at Wrestle Kingdom; they do it they do it in two nights. I think it also is a nice that like if you do those those matches where it's like the winner of this goes on to the next night. Like they would have had the Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30, his match with Triple H the night before, and then him the next night would have worked just as good. No, no, definitely not. I disagree. What? The, uh, how? the persistence of having to go through a match with Triple H and then just to do that to get into the final and that puts all the odds against you that much more, that's a way better story. I'm also a fan the of... The story still would have been there. But maybe I'm biased. I mean, it, it, it's kind of there, but it's like you get a whole night to rest and you get to come back and, uh, you know, just think of... All right, uh, when... They did the promos about Daniel Bryan turning this into a triple threat match. And Edge hits him with, oh, yeah, it's like, isn't that so cowardly? The idea of, like, uh, Daniel Bryan wanting to face uh, the, the champion the next night. And it, in my mind, I'm sitting there listening. I'm like, that doesn't sound that bad. Like, and that's not me just being on the side of Daniel Bryan during that pro. That, like, you know, thinking he's the face in this uh, face-off. It's like, no, that's not as big of a deal as needing to fight twice in a night and you know obviously you have where daniel bryan just had to do it where it was like back-to-back -back matches obviously that's a very big impact but i think it's still like even to start the show have to win have somebody viciously attack you to try to put you out and for you to have to then come back and still win yeah that's a that's a much better story yeah. and to have that extra night uh it's it, it it's not a bad story at that point but it's definitely not the same not as good 
Yeah, goes back to how this is why the King of the Ring sucks. There basically isn't <laughs> once they stop moving all the guys off of having to do three wins in a night to win the King of the Ring, it just didn't matter. It didn't have the weight. There's I agree a lot with you there. Win all of that in a row and showing back up with with injuries from earlier in the night. So my biggest problem with the two nights is that. It's exactly what I said would happen when we were staring down a seven-hour WrestleMania. Because as much as, Nate, you want to take a nap in the middle, uh, honestly, it's on the network. I could do that if I want to. Like, I can just pause the damn thing. Uh, I've done it before, you know? Like, that's, that's been, you know, I'm in control. That's why I have the network. But when you have that two nights and you have that ability to keep expanding, we know what Vince does. And if two nights meant four or five matches and they got to have NXT-style pay-per-views, sign me up. Give me two nights of WrestleMania. When it is now seven matches per, and we're like, well, let's find a spot for Lana and Naomi versus Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose versus Riot Squad uh, and versus uh, Natalia and Tamina. I don't give a shit. Uh, when and the, the only way you can get... Night. Even something like Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, where... I generally care about them and they haven't really done a, a great job of building that up. You have to throw in Logan Paul and you're just, why, why does this exist? Uh, I, I I'm just looking at the, the, the ways they've had to fill this up and R- riddle one name, not Matt riddle riddle versus yeah. Seamus. And you're just like, that's WrestleMania. Like no offense to Seamus, uh, maybe a little offense to, to one name riddle, but Man, that I don't care about that. I don't care at all. So once you open that up and you know how Vince acts, like you're going to get matched. You're going to randomly be like, I guess we're throwing Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon into a steel cage. That makes sense. Like, perfect. Like, yeah, I'll enjoy when Shane nearly kills himself. But otherwise, don't need to keep adding on to it. And that's what two nights mean to me. It means I know the negatives that come with Vince McMahon booking. And yeah, I'd much rather Vince McMahon stuff seven, eight matches into this seven hour extravaganza than uh, watch him decide, well, I guess I guess I need to find a way to make this look like a normal pay-per-view. I guess we need eight matches both nights. And that's where we're going. That's that's what we're going to have. And I don't want it. Oh, yeah, I agree entirely. I think that, you know, it used to be. WrestleMania was what, three and a half hours. And uh, that already seems long enough, but it was three and a half hours of stuff that you actually cared about. Like the, if it was two nights of matches that matter, not two nights just because they have to fit all the fluff in, then great. But that's are you are you talking about Bad Bunny when you say fluff? No, 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 no. I I put Bad Bunny in a three and a half hour show. I was making a pun. It's Bunny, whatever. Um, Uh, you, that's good wordplay. I got it. I got it. That. No, I don't want to watch seven hours of fluff. I'll watch three and a half hours of fluff, and I'll watch three and a half hours of fluff, not seven hours. I'll. We can talk after this is a five-hour, five-hour uh, combo. Like we could have a conversation then. Uh, plus, uh, plus pre-shows. It'll probably be two plus hours each night. Uh, so that'll be exciting because that's going to happen. I, I within two years, I guarantee that's that's the timeline. Uh, for just ridiculously long WrestleMania's last the entire weekend. But in terms of the matches that are yeah, good, now do. that we've 
now that we've <laughs> talked about all this uh, garbage, let's go into the things we want to talk about. And since uh, Nate's so excited for two nights, uh, get us on the right track. Uh, lead us off. What's the first match uh, that you think we should discuss? What's what's the I would say the the best match, but really just the one you think has a, a cool story for us to to jump into. Uh, I think it would have to be. I mean, you mentioned it the the Edge and Daniel Bryan and Reigns and Reigns. It's assuming it's assuming it's going to end the whole in Sunday night, as far as I'm concerned. The, the, a long story build from the Edge and that was that was already good. Daniel Bryan. How that happened, I don't know. I like, I mean, I've watched enough, but they let it. They literally let WrestleMania 30 happen again to themselves. They let it where the fans were like, "Actually, yeah, we do want him in there," but we're excited, we're excited, and it makes it that I don't know if I want Edge to win it after all. So I don't know who's going to win. And again, I mean, I kind of mentioned it before. I like it when I. I'm excited to see then what happens afterwards. Any one of them win, it's going to be more intriguing. So, will I be tired and not give a fuck once the match starts? Maybe, but <laughs> if I, if I could, that would be the match I would want to watch and know what happens. All right, I want to go to Ethan. Uh, I assume there's not a question of changing who you want to win. I assume it's just Edge and it's going to stay Edge and it's not going to change. Uh, now that he has made the move to the heel, and not only did that, but uh, uh, it's weird. He, he he was doing softball on his uh, on his mic work for a bit there, and I was just like, is he just trying to let Daniel Bryan work his way in and give him some room? Is this just you know a, a true pro's pro? Uh, but no, he was waiting, and the last promo he delivered uh, where he says the reason he, you know, decided to beat the hell out of Dana Bryan with the steel chair. Uh, it's because not only was he ruining his one-on-one uh, with, with the champ, it was that now he's learning. Yes. I have to become what I used to be. I have to be the radar superstar. And when he launches into that, uh, I don't even know if it's the words. I don't even know if it's the story, but the passion that he nailed in that promo got me jacked, got me ready to watch this. And so I have to ask you, Ethan, when you're watching that and you're seeing that build, does him turning into the bad guy, uh, you still want him to win, but is that, do you want him to win more as a heel than you ever did when he was this uh, comeback hero face? And uh, I mean, I, I, I enjoy both sides of it, but Edge's heel, I mean, he, I, I think he's the best heel of the Ruthless Aggression era. Um, I think that he was the, the best rival for John Cena through that whole time. And I think that he that's when he is at his best. I do like the the veteran comeback story, but I think that you can only do it for so long. And I kind of like that it's not, uh, you know, just, just, just that, you know, that he's not just that he's not just Adam Copeland, basically, because that's kind of who his character has been since he's been back, and now he's kind of back to being Edge. And uh, you know, I think that I I still do think that's the the right move. I also wonder though if, if it's just I don't know. To me, the storylines like this are designed to you know, WrestleMania is the the season finale, you know, so to speak. And I feel like this one is not going to be that. I think this is going to push a program all the way to SummerSlam. And uh, I'm kind of just excited to watch it. And I'm just going to lean into whatever they do, I think. Um, but yeah, I do want to see, I want to see the Raider superstar as champ. Yeah. All right. 
that's a, a lot of good points. You were wrong, though. Uh, CM Punk was the <laughs> best adversary for John Cena. But moving on to Wade, you are a resident Daniel Bryan hater. You're a resident Maybe. Edge hater. And uh, <laughs> I, I feel like you, you, you've been uh, in my camp on the, the, the positivity for Roman Reigns' heel turn. Uh, but when you're looking at this match in terms of uh, what you've been offered with the triple threat, uh, and I know you hate triple threats, uh, how do you feel about this match? And, and, and you know, maybe give me uh, who you want to win. Um, I'm glad we picked this match to talk about first because it's honestly the only WrestleMania match worth talking about at all. Um, it's the only match that feels like a WrestleMania match at all. Um, that being said, Daniel Bryan sucks. Edge sucks. Go Roman. <laughs> I just really, I just really want him to fuck over the fans at WrestleMania. You go, no, guess what? It's not going to be either one of your heroes winning. You dorks, more True. Roman. Wade is just sitting in a dark room while he's sitting here and stewing about. I thought it was just a face floating. I didn't even. Make a like a high, make a hidey ho. I uh, I ain't gonna lie, I. I don't think I have. I SmackDown might be the show I watch the least because I'm I'm I do shit on Fridays, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Roman win. I think you can. He he has done such an amazing job as a heel. Uh, the fact that he has this family thing, you can keep going with that no problem. Mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan and Edge can move on. They can see they can continue with him or they could go off and fight themselves. And like like you know what I mean? Like it I really don't see if anything, at this point, from what from what I have seen, I almost feel like Edge would be the least popular winner. Cause you have the you have the face of, of Brian and then you have the Roman, but Roman has just done a good job of doing it and and I agree whoever said that like yeah he's basically an Adam Copeland I'm like I'm not a fan of Adam I'm a fan of Edge so that that now that he's being it that's fine but you got to build Edge we haven't built Edge we had Edge for a week we have Edge coming Friday I'm not sold on that yet like since since the Royal Rumble They've screwed up so much of their Royal Rumble winners that it. I don't know if I want either of them to win when there's well, so, like they really should be the winners want, almost every year. I definitely want Bianca Belair to win. I don't. I feel like them messing it up doesn't change my course on that. It's like you're, I wish you did better, you assholes. But uh, I want Bianca out to win. of wins and the tens and the two women's. That's probably the one I care about the least and yeah, it was I mean, the one i cared about the most coming out like it's like it was number one in january and now it's not. yeah i told you it would happen i mean we knew we knew where we were going we knew it was gonna like they didn't start off on the right foot and i was like there's no way vince fixes this he thinks it's fine he thinks it's working uh oscar and rhea ripley i think the, the benefit is that they haven't had the longest of builds so uh, I just want to watch them fight. So yeah, I'm probably more excited for that. But I'm if for an outcome, like I don't care if Oscar wins, I don't care if Rhea Ripley wins. I need Bianca Belair to get the belt, and I need them to from there fix it. Because honestly, they didn't do that build very well. But I'm still just gonna blame Sasha. And I don't know how much is just I can't stop doing that. And you know, 
it's Vince putting Sasha in positions to fail. Uh, but Bianca did the best she could with absolutely nothing. That that the back and forth that they've had, stupid, stupid story. Didn't need it to happen. Doesn't even make sense. Uh, has no. you just throw in Carmella's, uh, you know, like sidekick, and you're why? Why is this happening? Uh, and then he's already it, moved on. Yeah. So none of it's made sense. It's put them. It's made them both where they they could have found a rhythm. Uh, they are just unable to put over what is a nonsensical story when the story told itself. This it didn't need anything. All they needed was these two believe they're the they're the best, and the only one of them can thing. be right. Yeah, one of them had to be right. Let them face let them face off. Um, less promo work would have been better. And instead, yeah, they've they've dug in that. But I also know that if they give the belt to Bianca, I'll let bygones be bygones. I won't be upset with how poorly they've handled this. Um, Oscar and Rhea, yeah, I'm gonna love that. And when Wade says nothing feels like a change, I can't look at those two and not think that feels like WrestleMania. Seeing two of the hardest hitting women in professional wrestling uh, face off, and in this case, not having the opportunity for Vince to undermine it or for a bad story to undermine it. Uh, they just get to come in and beat the holy hell out of each other. So I'm excited for that. What's, uh, okay. you know, we got zero from Wade as, uh, you know, one match matters. So that means you think all these other ones suck. And uh, we'll start with the other one that's at, at the top. Uh, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, the other championship match. Uh, in this case, uh, we know you haven't been watching the programming, so it's going to be hard to get very specific uh, with some of this. but We've talked about Bobby Lashley actually being in a good position. The Hurt Business being one of the good things that's happening on Monday Night Raw. True. They're coming into this match, and Drew McIntyre uh, is on the, the you know the uh, the end of you know he was going to get to WrestleMania to be champion. Bobby Lashley stole it from him, and now he needs to get his belt back. Uh, the last time that they had, I I didn't even watch Bobby Lashley win the belt, so. That was uh, that's my bad on the prep work, but you didn't watch. They the had a great. Miz? No, uh, so I didn't watch. I didn't watch the title changes. I just know that Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre when they went at it uh, all the way back, that match was good and had no build. Uh, so now you at least have this, you know, shenanigans that I still thought was another bad build. So I would agree with that, but I still want to watch them. So Wade, tell me why. Uh, you specifically look at that match and even with uh, you know how good Bobby Lashley was going in spite of anything we would have guessed uh, heading into uh, him you know getting the hurt business uh, set up and Drew McIntyre being Drew McIntyre what what about this is uh, not interesting you as a Wrestlemania match just why in in the height of Bobby Lashley do you destroy the one thing that's like like I think responsible for his success he's having right now (laughs) Like, why break up the Hurt Locker now? That seems like a, if you were going to do it now, that seems like a Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania type of thing. It doesn't seem like the thing you do right before WrestleMania is break up this faction that he's had all this success with. Um, so I think that's pretty dumb. Um, unless it's just a whole big swerve to, to be like, oh, no, check it out. Psych, we're still together. They're going to help Bobby Lashley beat Drew yeah. McIntyre at wrestling. Her business can't be at ringside. Luckily, Cedric and Shelton are no longer Aren't. a part of the Hurt business. 
So if that's where they're going, this is brilliant and I love it. If that's not where they're going, <laughs> if, 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 if they're just if they're just breaking up the hurt the hurt business to let Drew McIntyre beat him at WrestleMania, then it's all for nothing and, 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 and it's fucking bogus, man. If any wrestling storytelling is going on, I'm back in. But if this is just I don't know, play fighting, I'm out. I just can't <laughs> well, no, I can't deal with that right now. It's just like typical WWE bullshit is like, hey, we're gonna break this up with no payoff. See this is the question. So you just said you'd love that, right? I'd love but it. But that's that's the thing that makes the most sense. Yeah. But there, p- fans are already kind of guessing that. They're looking at that's what's going on. If the actual swerve, the, 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 the bigger one is, we think that they did this to give them the opportunity to come to ringside. But we're actually breaking up the Hurt Business because we're replacing them. We don't yeah. need Shelton and Cedric. Yeah. If the actual group that comes out to help him is a couple guys, Keith Lee, and ricochet is that better or worse do you need it to actually make sense or with the fact that putting those two with bobby lashley would be so awesome it you know basically makes us forget that we're supposed to be wrestling fans that are looking for coherent storylines we just want awesomeness it's worse keith lee sucks (laughs) i was like take my money shit but don't keep me not here for him. <laughs> Wait, is that completely off the bandwagon? The moment he did cut the first promo on Raw, he's like, never again. Never even going to try to see if this guy can uh, do anything. Done. <laughs> uh, to some rational wrestling fans, uh, better or worse, having uh, a storyline that makes sense or having Supergroup? Supergroup. Fucking always throw something awesome at me and I'll appreciate it for what Yeah, what you just sold me, the the super group would be great. Other than I love Keith Lee as a as a, an opponent of Bobby Lashley, but yeah. No, yeah. bringing up the business business was stupid and it did ruin this build. Um or at least make it confusing, which WWE trying to play confusing is not their strong point. So I almost compared it to the NXT NXT of the match will still be good, but I've lost interest. So yeah, a, a better super group could be fun. See, it's weird for me. You guys are complaining about the breakup of the her business, but I just see as a smart move in terms of, you know, trying to tell that story and trying to uh, have Bobby Lashley bend the rules, cheat the rules. Uh, The only thing that's made me disinterested was the Miz being involved. That whole thing was trash, awful, waste of time, and all it does, like I guess, if you, (laughs) well, I think even more they were doing the old school plan of try to keep Bobby Lashley strong, try to keep Drew McIntyre strong, let The Miz, uh, you know, eat the pin from Bobby Lashley and and make it uh, enough fuckery that Drew McIntyre doesn't lose any steam from losing the belt. I think that's the main thing. And you also want to keep them from fighting each other. You need that transitional champion. That makes sense, but everything they did to make it happen, just awful, not good television. So I agree. I understand that. I didn't really like the way that it happened to Miz getting money in the bank and all this and that, but... I'm kind of what I'm saying is I'm surprised that Mac and Wade that you guys didn't even have a little bit of Schadenfreude of watching your least favorite wrestler be used as a prop as a transitional champion 
It's not, it's not worth my time. You think <laughs> well, I've watched the Miz lose and be bad at wrestling for a long time. That doesn't entertain me. That's a waste of my time. Uh, I, I, I don't need that in my life. And if there's a good clip, if there's like an Oscar getting her teeth kicked out type thing and the, the Miz uh, just gets his face busted up, somebody will tell me and I'll go find that one clip and I'll watch the 30 seconds. But I'm not watching terrible television as the Miz gets in the way of a good match. Like I want to watch these two fight each other at WrestleMania and the Miz, uh, the only good thing that came out of that is the Miz no longer has that money in the bank. That's it. And I'm just, I'm just working you brother. I was doing a bit, but yeah. way to run with yeah. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm, gotcha. I, I'm here for promos. I'm here to knock it out. And whenever you set me up, more... whenever you get me on the tee about the Miz, I'm going to knock, knock it off every time. That's a home run. And yeah. then, uh, then hopefully you're... that knocks the Miz so far out of the park. We never have to see him on WWE television again. Um, other matches on here. So uh, this is an interesting one that I, I care a little bit about. Uh, Big E, Apollo Crews. This is uh, one that I'm still scared with Apollo Crews doing uh, the accent and walking around with a spear. And anytime that happens and Vince McMahon's in charge, uh, I'm scared. Uh, but I was listening to uh, Kaz. Uh, he was... Uh, former WWE uh, writer, and then he's uh, one of the co-hosts on the Math Man show on The Ringer, and he pushed it as, okay, this is kind of like the taking the back the spear type thing where it's saying you have a certain imagery in your head, and Apollo Crews is here to destroy that and say you can have pride in your heritage being Nigerian. Uh, yes, that could be a great story, and I just don't imagine... But you know, six months in, there's going to be something where Vince makes this uh, god awfully racist. There's, there's, there's just no like, way around it. There's no way it doesn't happen. There's no, I don't. Yeah. And I agree. Yes, there could be empowerment, but that's not exactly Vince's strong suit. No. It's good. Yeah, but when he lets him do it at the beginning, like that gives me hope. The fact that there was a uh, runway for Apollo Crews to do it in a way that seems good, and I guess it helps that. Uh, the face-off is Big E delivering one of the best promos I've seen in a while. Uh, he got me juiced. Uh, he went biblical, and it made me feel uh, biblical about how good this match could be, how much hate Big E has for Apollo Crews. It's hard. They haven't fought each other for that long, and Big E still made me believe that he hates Apollo that much and is that angry about it. And, yeah, I at least want to see them fight each other. Not a big fan of this Nigerian drum fight idea, but the rest of it, I'm willing to give it a chance. I'm willing to see what happens. I, uh, I'm pretty sure what happened was three months ago, Vince McMahon finally watched Black Panther. Like, that has to be what happened. I like, think it's more like, likely... Well, we need... I was just going to say, it's more likely Apollo did the voice once. And <clears throat> at some point, somebody made and, a and reference about Black Panther. Like... Yeah. And, well, yeah, Vince was like, wait, that movie was popular? That made billions of dollars? Well, then let me try to make somebody be that. Um, which is also, I ain't gonna lie, I just feel like it's been a long-running theme in the last year where all of the uh, African-American wrestlers wrestle each other. Uh, the Hurt Business has been wrestling the New Day, and then they were wrestling uh, Ricochet, and then they were wrestling, like, and now Big E is wrestling Apollo Crews. It's like, why is it always together? But had me concerned now do i am i 
liking that Apollo actually seems to have something to go on because he's never had a character. That makes me excited. Um, I don't know. I kind of almost would like him to win because otherwise he's just going to fall by the wayside of you had a cool character or an exciting character and then you lose again. And Big E could go on to bigger, better things. So I I want to see it. I don't know what I want the outcome to be. Um, that's my take. All right. <clears throat> Anybody else? Well, you, you you guys keep saying that someone must have saw Black Panther, and that's where they got Apollo Cruz. But it's it's clear that someone saw Coming to America too, because this new gimmick is dog shit. That's my. Take. I didn't see it. But I can't no, say it, you're wrong. It, it, it's hot fucking garbage. <laughs> so but you like, weren't smart like, enough to figure that out from the trailer? You decided you had to sit through hour and 45 a, minutes or however long it is? I'm a glutton for punishment. Why do you think I'm still watching wrestling? <laughs> well, you're not. You've, you, you, you're only now talking about wrestling. You're not really watching wrestling all that often. Yeah, honestly, uh, it's been a while, so as far as I know, Wade, you're just sitting in the dark with your anger and... <laughs> time into a podcast maybe once a month and it all comes pouring out i just want to be included <laughs> he just keeps following along on twitter getting just more radicalized about how much he hates wrestling now yeah. uh yeah uh, i i try to look at other stuff on here so i'll give somebody else if there's anything else to talk about i are we gonna make it out of here without at least discussing uh the fiend and how I don't care. They have not announced if this isn't going to be a Firefly Funhouse match, is it? Because it it needs to be. It ought to be. I guess they haven't announced it. Nope, just just a singles match on Wiki. Singles match right now, so I don't know. I can imagine it. I don't. (laughs) If it's just a singles match, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, This should be a cinematic match. So, I think if it's a cinematic match, it might be one of the best highlights of this WrestleMania. Here's the problem cinematic match takes away the whole point of at least uh what wade believes is happening which is that the man who is the fiend that we see all burnt up crisp up uh yeah. is not bray wyatt is somebody different and if you have a cinematic match that doesn't mean anything like you just camera cut and it can be uh bray wyatt but if we happen to get what i'm almost certain will happen which is we're going to see bray wyatt and we're going to see the fiend in the same place at the same time can't be a cinematic match. Needs to be a regular match. No cuts. I need to see live in the bottom corner, and then I need to see those two standing together as they scare the shit out of Randy Orton and beat the hell out of him. And then uh, we got our new tag champs. So okay, I'm excited. Sorry. You totally turned me around on that, actually. In about twenty. That was not meant to sell you. That was <laughs> not going to be a positive, even. Their tag name is going to be Original Recipe and Extra Crispy. <laughs> so fucking, fucking hold on tight, boys. It's going to be a ride. Uh, yeah. What a bunch of dog shit this has turned into. <laughs> like, oh, this fucking, terrible. this new melted clown fucking stinks. <laughs> and like, we all know we're just going to get like a double doink moment in the middle of the ring. And it's going to be fucking lame. And they're going to put roaches on the screen again to like, hey, remember when we did this shitty thing? Now it's funny. Uh, it's, it's so bad. Like, I don't get it. I don't get why, like, is he turning into something underneath it? Because it look, just looks like just the white part of the mask is falling off, but he's all Freddy Kruegered under it. 
and like it's, it's it's too fucking much like like how can your character just be i'm the same character but i'm melted now well if uh when this happened and i, I said I we don't need a costume change uh i said don't do this don't do it and wade was right there like nope gotta make the change now Obviously, you might have had a different idea of what that change should look like, but yes. once again, we know who's in charge. We know who runs this. So, uh, yeah, no, I wanted The Fiend to just show up uh, unscathed, maybe a different-looking wardrobe, but uh, no, the idea that the, the fire should have uh, had a real impact, uh, no, it leads to dumb things like Scorched Earth, The Fiend, and now I'm, 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 I'm good on that. Uh, didn't, didn't want it, and sure enough, it, it happens, and... Not only that, but now we got Wade his only cares about it enough to say that uh, it's definitely not him. And we got to sit here and wonder, is this the only way Bo Dallas is going to get screen time? And of fucking course it is. Yeah. Just lean, I'm just I've given up hope, but I'm leaning into it and accepting it. <laughs> Wade, on the other hand, I'm going to call in a fucking welfare check on tonight because <laughs> not really a lot of not really a lot of positive vibes coming out of that corner of my screen. No, no, never. <laughs> It's a dark place here. All right. So are you in the fun house? <laughs> that's, that's what I was asking earlier. I think it's the house of horrors match. Like he's, <laughs> yeah. he's in that home, which was like, wasn't it just randomly in like California or something? Like, it was like the hurry. <laughs> was it? I just remember that like, we know that there's supposed to be a compound, but it's just like, so Bray Wyatt just has random real estate property in wherever they go and have pay-per-views. And they're like, yeah, he's got some dolls over there in this random house. Like, I don't, I, it, it very, a lot of uh, stuff that if you look too closely and try to figure out the, the, the kayfabe story of it, uh, leaves you a little confused. But I, I don't want to talk about that anymore. It's, it's terrible. Um, one that was, you know, I, I, I alluded to it earlier. And, man, they, they, they sucked me back in. This is how easy I am. The Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, uh, we, the last time we had talked, I had mentioned that uh, the Sami Zayn, everything they've had for him has been worthless. Uh, it, it, it's a character that when he had people around him, I at least enjoyed his character work, even if I was like, well, where the hell is this going? Then he loses those people. And for months, where the hell is he going? And I don't know when they started to do the conspiracy theory stuff. And I don't know if it ever mattered. Uh, but I did, you know, watch him do the documentary uh, trailer. And, you know, I just think any segment where you have to go get Logan Paul, I'm probably going to hate. And somehow by the end of it, uh, that uh, documentary, I was laughing about as hard as I, I, the closest is something very similar is when they had the fashion police uh, do their fashion files. Like I built off nothing, didn't care, hated this, was mad. It, It was bad enough that I didn't care about a Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn match. By the end of that promo on the most recent SmackDown, yeah, I'm back in. I, I at least want to see Kevin Owens try to uh, beat the delusion out of Sami Zayn. And uh, if hopefully that means Logan Paul gets hit with a steel chair. That's all I need. So Logan Paul actually showed up? Because I yeah, didn't see no, it. He was, he was part of the interview and okay. wasn't actually that bad. We, uh, delivered. They kept him. Uh, it was limited He's lines. Bo- but He boxes, right? So, like, yeah. Knocking out That's like random season. NBA players. Somebody. Yeah. That was the other uh, one that boxed. What's the other one's name? Jake. There a Jake Paul the boxer. Oh, then Jake Paul is the boxer. Yeah. Yeah. Logan. Whatever. One of them Paul's is, and one of them was the fight like Mayweather. Yeah. No. Logan and in Paul's fairness, the Japanese suicide force guy. 
Mm-hmm. Aren't they actually brothers? But they're, they're not brothers. just like they're not just names. They're actually brothers, I right? Thought I think so. they're brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Look like the same douchebag. Which there's a bunch of those guys, so it could easily <laughs> just not be related. But when you have that same face, same hair, and same last name, and uh, uh, both people that got rich off of uh, being douchebags on YouTube, uh, you know, and I'm not knocking that. I'm trying it myself and hoping I, it works out. At least give me some money uh, to be here. But yeah, uh, to, to to be that person, yeah, I, I assume they were related, and yeah, it's. Uh, my bad. I got those mixed up. Uh, but he delivered. Uh, he got pushed by Kevin Owens. So maybe the, the final reveal is actually they bring Jake Paul to come out and try to fight uh, Kevin Owens. I don't I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Uh, but I'm at least interested now. Uh, and it, there's no reason to be. Uh, I guess they can put on a good match. And, uh, you know, similar to the Fashion Files, I was never really interested in any of the Fashion Police matches based off of that. But I enjoyed that it was on television every week. So, uh, yeah, have Sami Zayn bring that if you're not going to give him a real story, and uh, that's fine for me. And uh, Kevin Owens is getting slightly better at stunners. Uh, they don't look like they're going to paralyze people. So, solid. I want them to paralyze people. Well, no, but I mean, like, in kayfabe, you yeah. want it to look like that. But I don't want it to look like a botch and he just Nia Jack somebody. Uh, like, okay. he, he's getting closer to effective you know stunners. is getting destroyed by doing every single one, so... Not. I just, I just hope that he does a little, little bit better. Like it's been that's awkward fair. for a while. That's so that's fair. Uh, it's better that, than it, Cena's. So, <laughs> uh, you know, let's talk for twenty minutes about Braun Strowman, Shane McMahon. Uh, yep. Did anybody even know how that that happened? Anybody know how that guy's good? So that's all we have for this episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I don't know why that's there. Uh, I don't understand why Bad Bunny is trying to do real wrestling matches and then you put him with The Miz, which I guess in fairness, that's not a match where I have to worry about The Miz ruining somebody's match by being a bad wrestler. So I guess it makes sense if you think about it. It's it's a, a good move, well, it's a tag but team I don't match care. Now. Is it? I thought it was a No, CM, and Damian Priest. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah they, that's they, what they just like. confirmed it yesterday. Okay. That's better. See, uh, I thought they were like managers like on the outside. Okay. No, it's set up to make Damian Priest look good. Yeah, really. he's about to look like a boss in that. Yep. I can hear every time. Something. Every time <laughs> I've uh, seen the Miz, he's just so good at putting people over during matches. He's ma- he makes them look like a million bucks every time. So, yeah, that's uh, don't care about that. We knocked out all the the, the negatives. Is there anything else left? Because we are just going to get out of here. And I know this is bad for a preview, but honestly, uh, was more focused on the recap for it. Uh, AW Revolution wanted to knock that out. And then uh, we can get a, uh, a little more excited, hopefully, if there's some good stuff that actually happens on WrestleMania. Or we'll be back again. Wade will be in the dark. Uh, we'll have him on Suicide Watch. And we'll yeah. get through a WrestleMania recap. But anything left to hit from any of the stuff we've talked about uh, before we finish this on up? I got nothing. Nope. Bam. The new nailed it. Long week of wrestling. I'll say that. Go again, Ethan. We couldn't hear you. The the new design for the IWGP heavyweight title looks like garbage. Does look bad. And I think that they really fucked up and tore took away a lot of good lineage. That's all I got to say about that. Do you think that there was like some belt like master? who was, like, really good at making belts, and then, like, he died, like, 10 years ago? Because every <laughs> new belt is garbage. I don't know what's happened, but it's, like, somebody oh, had dude. all of 
the the experience creating belts and then like we just lost it like, like the, the it's, it's just gone making but yeah yeah probably tragic yeah. crazy I stuff. Heard so. that's a that's a nice sad note to end on <laughs> i heard people compare it to cody rose's tattoo <laughs> I was like, I was like, hey. you agree? It's pretty fucking good. I was like, why is it look like this like weird upside down triangle thing? See, I enjoyed when they made the like shitty TNT championship belt, and uh, sure enough, it was like that was to get your mind off the tattoo. That was that was a smart move. It didn't work because that's how bad that tattoo is. But uh, they tried. <laughs> So yeah, belts uh, really uh, endangered species. They just uh, they don't know how to make a good belt anymore. What what are the men's tag team championship belts like? Are there any matches? No, for for the AEW. There's New Day and AJ Styles and uh, oh yeah, I want to see what he can do. Okay, I do remember that one. See him. Show is so long. Okay, it's two days. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so what about SmackDowns? Yeah. I don't even know who SmackDowns tag team. Show- oh, is it? Uh, uh, the, oh, the yeah, that's why we don't know. The dirty God dolls. damn it! How did we get through this whole thing and not get to talk about that fucking trade rack? Which, <laughs> what is it? Are I you- don't know what it is. They're called the Dirty Dogs. It is Dolph Ziggler, Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode has now lost his theme music entirely, so they only come out <laughs> to Dolph Ziggler's, and they're, they're wearing. Blue jean jackets with, I guess, dirty dog imagery. I didn't take the time to look at the damn shit. But these two guys, like, are you telling me that that's a gimmick Vince came up with? Because I know Vince gimmick. They suck. <clears throat> but they usually have a very stereotypical dumb thing. This is the type of randomness that's two guys that it's like, well, we don't have anything else for you. You want to create something. Dolph, you've been here long enough. Go for it. I feel like this is straight out of the mind of, Dumbass Dolph Ziggler, and then Bobby Roode's just not smart enough to say no to anything anymore. Because what the hell is that gimmick? I think you describing it makes me go Dolph's idea, Dolph's idea, but he's like making fun of it because that's stupidly amazing. <laughs> You're giving both myself and Dolph Ziggler way too much credit. I think. Probably. I just don't. I think they're Dolph just. Should've, I, Dolph should have left WWE a decade ago. Yeah, and it's good. And it's good we get to see a, the better version. His, his brother, of his. yeah. We're not yeah. going to have that conversation still, again on this podcast. Uh, I still think allow it. Been, they're Rudolph. How are they not Rudolph? Rude because Dolph <laughs> Rudolph. Because that's not any better. Vince, I mean, it's, you, it's 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 better. At least we get to be like funny. Glad you guys want to do something ridiculous, but yeah, I just don't put them together or. Uh, fire one of them, or I think there's a lot of better options. Fire both of them. I think they could do better <laughs> elsewhere. I'm not. I don't like or I don't dislike either of them. It's just the bullshit of WWE hoarding all this talent to do nothing with, other than being shitty, getting shitty, or giving them shitty like things to do. We we could enjoy so much of them elsewhere. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna enjoy Dolph Ziggler elsewhere. And then uh, Bobby Roode can't take the music with him. So sorry, Bobby. Uh, yeah, uh, Here, I, I, money. It's it's so weird to watch them. Like I 
didn't realize they were still like active. And I turned on SmackDown and then they, they, uh, they're not going against anybody at WrestleMania, at least not on the card officially right now. And they were going up against, they were going up against, I think so. And they're going up against, uh, Shorty G and Otis who are apparently also a tag team. Oh no. This is happening guys. I'm not making this stuff up. Those are the bad guys. If I remember right, or they're the heels. Yeah, basically. They, they made Otis a heel. Yeah, he's oh, really? been trained funny by the, 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 the most professional heel in the biz, which is Shorty G. Uh, so he, he had to learn from the best. And Otis is now a heel along with Shorty G. I'm glad. Like, I've, I, I'm told <laughs> that Friday nights are the best show for between Raw and SmackDown. And I'm glad I don't. No, there's good stuff that happens. So the, here's the difference. On Raw, there is one good segment. On SmackDown, there's like four bad segments. They're really bad. But yeah. if you do what I do, which is you don't need to tune in Friday night. Like, you're busy, right? You're doing other stuff. Wake up Saturday morning. Throw on Fox Now app. Start to watch. And just skip over the shitty segments, which I've been skipping over Dolph Ziggler segments for four years now. It's saved my life. <laughs> um that's it that's all we that really is all we have and if if i'm wrong about any of this if we we skipped over talking about cesaro and seth rollins for too long because yeah uh doesn't matter braun Strowman, shane mcmahon doesn't matter uh i'm i I think we hit most of the things that are on that list we didn't go into uh too much detail on riddle and sheamus uh but we didn't need to uh we barely mentioned nia Jax and Shayna baszler uh, versus whoever wins the tag team turmoil matches. Uh, my camera just keeps dying. Uh, but yeah, uh, if I can get my camera back on, uh, that'll be the end of this podcast. And we'll come back. We'll have more to shit on because there's no way we're just going to be happy after two nights of rest- WrestleMania. So that's all we have for this episode of the Making Mark Wrestling Show on the Tell Me More podcast. Later, Marks. Later, Marks.